Texas Football Today is a production of Dave Campbell's Texas Football and TexasFootball.com. If you like the show, help us make it. Become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. Besides helping us to make shows like this possible, you'll get two magazines, including our legendary summer edition and a year of access to exclusive content on TexasFootball.com. That includes stuff like premium podcasts like Tep and Step, access to all 61 years of the magazine in our digital archives, recruiting analysis, and must-see insight from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football crew. If all of that sounds good to you, we hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider at TexasFootball.com slash subscribe that's texasfootball.com slash subscribe and thanks for listening the texas football today podcast is brought to you by chocolate milk built by nature you can watch texas football today live weekdays at noon at texasfootball.com and on facebook and if you like the show subscribe to the podcast vendor of your choice give us a positive rating and tell a friend yes from the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Mothership here in beautiful Louisville, Texas. It's Texas Football Today, a show with a newfound appreciation for chilled air. My name is Greg Tepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com, Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch, or listen to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice. Either way, thank you for doing your part to support your local, mediocre internet show. I am sitting here, sitting over there at the helm today, making it sound good. She's wearing makeup for the first time <laughs> that I've seen her yeah. in like four days. Yep. She's the Duchess of the Dork. She's Ashley Pickle. Yeah, this is the first time that my hair has looked anywhere <laughs> close to decent, and I've had makeup we, on my face since Wednesday. I had it when we drove down there because we did the show yeah. Wednesday, and then after that, you Mallory and, and I were like, "You and Ma- you and nope. Mallory went oh natural," <laughs> um, and 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 that you don't you don't need makeup. I want to be very mm-hmm. clear. Oh yeah, yeah. That's no, not, that's not a requirement. We, we actually woke up every morning and walked downstairs, and Tepper was like, "Oh God, what's <laughs> wrong with y'all?" <laughs> That's not true. Well, and the other funny thing As is... As the sign falls on mm-hmm. you again. Yeah, just keep talking. We'll let yeah. you go. Um, yes. Uh, it, it was... It was. We were all... We'll get to the vibe check here. We'll tell you a little bit about 7 on 7 a little bit later. But but yeah, it was a really... It, it, when you spend three days in College Station... Mm-hmm. Like you, you know it. Oh, I've got you're some outside. for our vibe checks. I've got some hot takes on uh, cold showers. Okay, we'll get into <laughs> that. Today is Monday, June twenty eighth, twenty twenty one. Hundred and fifty days till Thanksgiving. Uh, happy birthday to Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, Kevin De Bruyne, who is uh, playing for Belgium right now. They won yesterday. Sure. He currently plays for Manchester City. Um, episode one thousand one hundred ninety three. Uh, on today's show, guys, we've got headlines from across the state, including a pretty major coaching change that we believe is coming down right now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been reported by a, a, a source that we trust, and we've kind of been able to piece together some sources that, that we think is going to be able to, to, to verify it. So we're going to get that into that. In the back half of the program, uh, we're going to start talking about what happened this weekend in the state at the State 707 Tournament in College Station. It's where we were Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. We'll talk about what we saw. We're not going to get. We're going to. Well, I'm not. I'm not saying we're not going to talk about teams because mm-hmm. we can. 
Uh, but this is going to be a lot more like vibe check. This is going to be a lot more like talking about uh, uh, what the experience was like, what the tournament was like. Tomorrow with Matt Stepp in studio, we'll talk a little bit more nitty gritty mm -hmm. who impressed us, which teams maybe we've changed our opinions on going forward. So we'll have that coming up tomorrow. And I feel like a big thing there is just the fact that this was like the first air quotes mm -hmm. on a normal thing we've been with. So mm -hmm. you got to reflect on that right. portion of it. Most certainly. Do we have first four through the door? We sure do. It was Tony Blaylock, Aaron Arbuckle, Rob Hathaway, and Jacob John. Welcome in, fellas. Tony Blaylock was out there. He was. Saw him. saw him and Ant out there. Um, had a good time out there in College Station. Okie dokie, Pickle. Oh, I guess we could tell you one thing. So, sure. uh, a quick shout out. I don't know if you're watching the show, but a quick shout out to our interns. Yeah. For multiple things, actually. Quick shout out to our interns They've because they had a um, that we gave them a big task uh, of I'm kind of looking at them, seeing if they're watching. Um, they had a big task of updating our website with all of the capsules, the preseason or the the preview capsules that are in the 2021 summer edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. More than 14. Hundred of them. You see say, that? Which is a lot of them. Because <laughs> you remember, okay, they're yeah, they're they're pumping their fist. Okay, there we go. Um, Good job, intern, and they're watching. The wow. interns, the Good interns, crop. plowed through mm -hmm. and updated all of our team pages on TexasFootball.com. So if you're a subscriber, if you're Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, you can go read the uh, the expanded capsules for every team in the state. Mm -hmm. If you go to their team pages at TexasFootball.com, and if you're not and you want to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider, TexasFootball.com/slash/subscribe. You don't have to wait for your magazine to get mailed. We're gonna mail it to you today, but you don't have to wait for your magazine to get mailed to you. Mm -hmm. You can go and read the your favorite team's previews right now on our team pages. Yeah. So shout out interns. Yeah, I was I was fully expecting that to take like three months. Yeah. And, and it Kayla took them walks like, over and she's like, hey, we're done. And we said, with what? Yes. Oh, the thing. And they also they also did a great job cutting up uh, seven on seven highlights. This yes, so, they did. Shout out. Shout out interns. Yeah. Good job, interns. Greg might learn your name here at some point. I want to say one of them's named Bill. Bill. That sounds about right. That sounds right. Kyla. Good job. Bill. Jerry. Chandler. <laughs> Jerry. All of them. You did great, guys. Well done. All right, let's get into some headlines from across the state now that I've, <laughs> I've insulted the, the people who have done such good work for us. Anyway, uh, let's get to some headlines from across the state. Uh, we're going to start, unfortunately, with a couple of bummer headlines, Yeah, which is, which is not fun. But we're going to start uh, with uh, some, some news that came out last week uh, about legendary Texas A&M coach and, of course, former Dave Campbell's Texas football cover boy, R.C. Slocum. Uh, coach Slocum has been diagnosed with Hodgkin lymphoma. Um, so he is undergoing treatment. The Texas A&M put out a statement uh, about this. Um, coach Slocum, of course, is a, is a former Dave Campbell's Texas football cover boy and a, and a legend uh, around these parts. Um, very sad news, uh, of course. He's the winningest coach in Texas A&M history. Um, he is a member of the College Football Hall of Fame. He's, he's, he is on the uh, College Football Playoff uh, you know, committee, rather. And by the way, his winning percentage is the best in Southwest Conference history. Um, and, and so, it's very sad. Now, he's, I believe he's going to, they, they said that he is, um, he will require chemotherapy and will undergo that in College Station. Um, so, certainly, hold a thought, say a prayer for, uh, for the great R.C. Slocum. Uh, the legend, the legend R.C. Slocum. 
because um, because uh, because he's a guy that that we need in 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 the football world. So uh, hold hold a thought, say a prayer for for call, uh, for Coach R.C. Slocum as he undergoes um, chemotherapy to uh, to treat Hodgkin's lymphoma. Um, another bummer um, headline coming out this week was coming from Tennessee, and you're thinking. Uh, that's not in Texas. That's not Texas. But uh, freshman quarterback Caden Salter, who of course led Cedar Hill to the state championship game last year, mm-hmm. uh, has been dismissed by the Tennessee Volunteers program. He was arrested on charges of simple possession and driving without a license um, last week. Uh, he was previously suspended from the team in March because of an incident at an on-campus residence hall, he got reinstated, and then he um, apparently was was pulled over and um, and you know caught with driving without a license and had simple possession. Uh, so he has been kicked. He has been kicked off of the Tennessee program. Um, obviously, right now, uh, he is a little bit of damaged goods. Do you know yeah. what I mean? The talent is never a, there's a stain there. Yeah, the talent's never been an issue with him. Um, he's a super talented guy, uh, but obviously having some problems right now from the conduct perspective. Um, and so I'm interested to see where he lands. I don't think this is the last we've heard of Caden Salter. No. But I would expect to to see him land somewhere, but under very strict, uh, you know, depending on where he lands, um, some very strict kind of guidelines on here's what's going to happen and if you don't straighten up and fly right you're going to be gone again and of course we always hope that he can figure out the off the field issues because we never want to see talent like that or a good for sure for for sure you want to you want to root for him you want to root for him you want to be able to root for him so there's that um okay let's get some uh some some happier news yes we'll start there's a lot of college football or uh high school football coaching changes okay I guess we can now report this, and I, I sent you. I, things have changed since I sent you this <laughs> this, this graphic. Uh, but uh, Cedar Park has made a hire. Cedar Park was probably the biggest remaining coaching vacancy. Of course, it came open with Carl Absec left to go take the job at Barber's Hill. Hill. Um, they have now made a hire. This is being reported by Bob Ballou down in uh, the Austin area, um, and he's he's very trustworthy. Not just because he's a Mizzou grad. Uh, oh, but he's God. he's he's usually he's he's pretty darn good. This apparently uh, we missed it because it was during the seven on seven tournament. It apparently came down Friday, uh, but he's he reported he said that multiple sources are reporting uh, that the new coach at Cedar Park will be Michael Quintero. Michael Quintero is was the head coach at Red Oak. So here's kind of how this had happened. Okay, and 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 I'll I'll kind of take you behind the scenes of our sourcing and stuff like that. We had heard Matt Stepp, our Dave Campbell's Texas Football High School football insider, had had heard that um, that Michael Quintero was was going to be the guy, but we were we were not able to confirm that independently. We weren't able to get that on on the record independently. Obviously, Bob Ballou is a guy who who we trust and a guy who was very very good at his job. But then a lot of things kind of came about that said that that kind of fell into place right because for example matt step called me this morning and he said hey red oak is posted the red oak head football coach job is vacant it's open uh that's a, a job that's publicly available and and so you you know that's the kind of thing you can report that red oak is open that's that's on the record and so piecing together those two things that makes a lot of sense. Yes. Now, Michael Quintero was on Chris Ross's staff mm-hmm. when he was uh, at Cedar Park. 
Um, and then he he followed, you know, he was on his staff at Red Oak when Chris Ross left to go to Lovejoy. He was promoted to become their uh, Red Oaks head coach. Step said he thinks that there was a some coordination with Joe Willis as well. Yeah, I believe so he. There's I believe definitely he, some a long line of history there. He's got a history there at Cedar Park, so he's returning back to the Austin area to take over at Cedar Park. Michael Quintero, um, reported by Bob Ballou down there in Austin, is going to be the new head coach at Cedar Park. That would leave Red Oak open. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's another kind of those dominoes. That's another big name gig. I'll tell here. you, man. June has been crazy yeah. this year. I had a conversation with a coach out there at Stevon Seven, and he brought this up. He's like, I, "Have you?" He asked, "Have you ever seen a June like this?" I said, "No." It's been a lot of, of kind of wide open stuff, um, and there may be more coming. Hint, hint. There may be some things yep. coming. So keep an eye, out, especially on Matt Steps' um, Twitter feed, because there may be some more breaking news uh, coming down. Let's get some more news and notes from the Texas high school football coaching realm. As uh, again, a busy June and coaching changes gets through. Uh, McGowan Memorial has promoted their defensive coordinator Moses Patterson to be their interim. Head coach uh, Moses Patterson uh, taking over uh, there at McAllen Memorial. Um, uh, coach uh, Bill Littleton retired on June 2nd uh, after f- 22 years as the head coach at Quero and McAllen Memorial. Uh, they Moses Patterson will be the interim head coach for the 2021 season. Um, so we will see how that goes there with uh, with Coach Patterson. But Moses Patterson, the new head coach for 2021 uh, of the McAllen Memorial Mustangs. Herford has made a hire. Yeah. Herford, of course, came uh, came up when Don DeLosier uh, stepped down um, after after 18 seasons at Herford. Mm-hmm. Um, Long time he. Uh, he is uh, being he's stepping down and stepping into a new role with Herford ISD, staying with Herford ISD. The new head coach will be Frisco Reedy's offense coordinator, Adam Naren, moving from the DFW Metroplex out west to take over at Herford with the White Faces. Uh, he got hired just just past week. Uh, Decatur, we talked about this last week. Yeah. Of course, the the strange. And I would Small say unfortunate situation at Decatur uh, with Mike Fuller kind of being, I mean, let's be, he resigns his post, but that's, that's, there's a lot, that's a loaded way to put it. Mm-hmm. Um, in, in any case, they have named a, a, um, an interim head coach for 2021. It's been their offensive coordinator, Ty Lang. Ty Lang is going to be the new uh, interim head coach at Decatur uh, as he gets promoted uh, in place of Mike Fuller. Boyd has made a hire. Speaking of Decatur, mm-hmm. Boyd has made a hire. They have gotten their they've gotten the Decatur defensive coordinator, Ian Ritchie. He got hired on uh, Saturday. I wonder that if that announced. was a precursor to the offensive coordinator taking over, or kind I of a wonder if he's like system there. I wonder if he's like I'm getting out of here. Right. Um. I don't. I don't know the situation, but he is taking over at Boyd. The one thing I will say, he's a Boyd alum, and so that thing came open uh, when uh, Brandon Hopkins uh, stepped down from the uh, head football coach's role. He's going to stay on. Um, as a um, he uh, he's going to stay on and be their softball coach, uh, but Brandon Hopkins is not going to be the Boyd uh, head uh, the Boyd head football coach in AD. Uh, that will now be Ian Ritchie, who will be uh, at least the head football coach. I don't know about the AD part, but uh, that is of course important there. But uh, the new head coach at Boyd, Ian Ritchie, who is a Boyd alum, Monte Alto has made a hire. Um, Monte Alto, the, the mighty Blue Devils. Uh, Robert Meza is is out after three seasons. Um, they started football back in 2012, and they've really run the gamut with a lot of different coaches. Um, Robert Mates is out after two seasons. The new head coach 
Um, no, in fact, Matt Sepp notes on TexasFootball.com that no head coach has lasted more than three seasons at Monte Alto. The new head coach will be Wally Gonzalez. Wally Gonzalez was promoted uh, on June 21st to be the new head coach and athletic director at Monte Alto. Riesel has made a hire. Riesel, of course, came open when Kent when Keith Stiffelmeyer uh, left to go join the staff over at League Worth. Um, he resigned after two years. Scurry Rosser's defensive coordinator, Tyler Crow, will be the new head coach at Riesel for 2021. Uh, and finally, uh, Agua Dolce. Agua Dolce, the mighty Longhorns. Um, uh, they were looking for a new head coach after Robert Beard. Uh, left after nine relatively successful seasons uh, at Agua Dolce. They went, he went 42-50 and 50 overall. They went 10-2 back in 2019. He is left, and uh, they have a new coach in Gary Hartman. Gary Hartman is going to be the new head coach at Agua Dolce of the Longhorns. He was a longtime Teloso Midway assistant mm-hmm. there in the Corpus Christi area. So that is all the news that's fit to print. You can find all the coaching changes at TexasFootball.com. Do you know what the total number is up to now? I know we were over 200, and that was at the early part of June, which is insane. Boy, I don't my. I mean, it's going to be over. It says 187 plus 49 is a rough estimate. So you're talking, you know. 230 something and then now um, we're just and we're adding flipping more. And, flopping, and now we're flipping, you know? <laughs> flipping more because for example now red oak's open exactly right? red oak's going to be open so that's going to be another change yeah um yeah it's gonna, it'll it's gonna be, be very open. interested to see after the first week well and know, i mean like, guys I, I just can't stress enough like how late in the game it is oh yeah how late in the game i mean coaching school is in like three weeks and then right and then after it, right that, that summer workout summer workouts. i mean you're getting into two days right away so it's a very very interesting uh time here in in texas high school football we are Texas Football Today. We're here every weekday at noon on TexasFootball.com, talking football in the Lone Star State. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells. And, of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. TexasFootball.com is where you can find complete coverage. High school football, college football, and recruiting all across the Lone Star State. Hope you'll consider becoming a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Uh, you've been seeing a lot of people posting their magazines. The 2021 Summer Edition of Dave Campbell's Texas Football. Could be you. Could be you. If you go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe. You didn't we'll drop, hashtag miss the FOMO. We'll drop it, drop it in the mail for you today. If you go to TexasFootball.com slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's TexasFootball insider. And, of course, we updated our, our beloved interns, updated our team pages so you can read your previews even before the magazine shows up. And premium content, including uh, premium podcasts, access to our archives. All If you're a real, you know, dork like me, um, and you you go to textfootballcom slash archive. We have every one of the twenty. Uh, we have every one of the sixty-two uh, editions of Dave Campbell. Actually, that's not true. We don't have the twenty twenty-one up yet. Uh, but so we have 61. the sixty-one previous editions of Dave Campbell's Texas Football up digitally for you to flip through. So if you ever want to pick up, Nerd. if you ever want to flip through like the nineteen sixty edition, you can and you can see what what Dave was was got, had cooking back in something you always bring up with that too. The ads. Yeah, the dope. ads are really cool to look back at. Yeah, are dope. <laughs> TexasFootball.com. Slash subscribe to become a Dave Campbell's Texas Football Insider. Pickle, this past weekend, we were in College Station for the state seven-on-seven tournament. Of course, there was no tournament in 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic, but it was back in full force in 2021. And here to help us break it down with our vibe check is our chief vibe correspondent. We're joined by Ishmael Johnson. Hey, what's up? Hey, Ish. Hey. How was your time in College Station? Hot. Humid. <laughs> that's it. All right. That's All right. Gonna do for us. And there were the vibes. And we're done. Uh, yeah. So we we were down in College Station. Uh, and for those who don't know how the state seven on seven tournament works, it takes place at Veterans Park in College Station. 
and it's just this large, sprawling park. There's not a ton of tree cover. Nope. Uh, not a ton of shade. Uh, and so, yeah, I think the first and foremost is, we can all admit, a little toasty, a little hot and humid. Yeah, definitely. Uh, make sure you have your s- snacks ready to go, your water ready to go, all mm-hmm. that. Um, the cooling towels yeah. were <sighs> the most clutch thing that any of us brought. I yeah, feel like we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah. and and so it, it it's it's you, you know you're you're you got a big dumb hat, you got sun you got sunglasses, you got sunscreen <laughs> well, stuff sunscreen like that. Sunscreen was also important. Sunscreen was important, and this was now pickle. I'm interested in getting your opinion on this because this was your first trip, yeah, mm. to seven on seven. I was a rookie. Uh, what was your overall takeaway? How did it measure up to your expectations as far as the event is concerned? It was as hot as everyone said it was going to be. Like that, that is because I was like, oh come on, like how it it'll be hot, but is it really going to? It is that hot, as as hot as they say. Um, so that was one thing. But it was really, really. I was unbelievably impressed by how efficient everything went. Mm. Like they have it. We were talking to a couple of the parents and stuff that were out there, and it's like they have it nailed down to a T. Think games aren't running late. Games are starting right on time. It's in. It's out. Registration went well. I was very impressed by just when you get there, you realize the mass of teams that were there. And it's like the fact that they can keep that many high schoolers on that much of a schedule, it is totally obvious that it's run by coaches. And that was like the big thing that I took away. I was very, very impressed with that. But it was a lot of fun. Um, Once we kind of figured out field numberings and Mallory and I knew where we were going, it made it real easy to get around. Um, It was a good time. It really, and it was nice to be back to normal. Like I said earlier, that was the biggest thing. Yeah, that you know, Ish. I don't know how how many coaches. You know, the the great thing for us is that mm-hmm. we're we're around there. We get to see coaches yeah. uh, that that can't coach the games, mm-hmm. so they're miserable. Um, but they're they're thinking about football. They're there, and so I don't know about you, but my my the overall thing that I heard from coaches more more than anything was like, man, it's just good to be out here doing football stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Similar. And you kind of got the feeling from, I mean, a lot of media members, a lot of uh, parents as well, because, I mean, media members, you know, we, we had our own COVID protocols to, to follow during the fall. And, and you know, you couldn't be near the teams on the side. You could be on the sidelines, but you really couldn't be near the teams during the fall and things like that. And so just having the freedom to roam around again, just kind of interact that way. And I want to kind of echo what Pickle said about just the efficiency of it all, because in previous years, you know, there, there were some rule changes and, yeah. um, to, to the game. You know, in previous years, there were 20-minute halftimes or 10-minute halftimes. Ten minute. Yeah. 10-minute halftimes, and the games were – the halves were about 20 minutes, and they reduced them to 15. Now there was a two-minute halftime, and so games were just Man, going if that, in too. And I was about to say, if that. Sometimes, that, yeah, it, sometimes they just – Yeah, I was about to say, like, water you guys break. good to go? Let's go, yeah. Yeah, it was like either a water break, go, or just flip, right? Mm-hmm. You just flip the field. And that made games go by so much quicker. Uh, the the One of the biggest hurdles – and you could probably ask anybody who's done – all three days as anybody who ever goes the biggest hurdle comes on the second day when divisions two and three are going to the championships and division one is starting Mm -hmm. at the same time because you get an enormous amount of foot traffic every you know d3 and d2 are still there so their parents are still there their traveling parties are still there and the big schools are coming in so Mm -hmm. you get just like navigating that whole cluster was always the worst part that was alleviated this year because d2 and d3 were done basically 30 minutes to an hour before D1 got started because of the time change. 
And so that cleared out basically the fields for about a good 30, 45 minutes. And then D1 had basically the mm-hmm. whole area to roam themselves. It wasn't hard to navigate and get to, you know, across the field or whatever, um, or across the park, I should say. And that cleared up so much. And then you could just, just focus on D1, right? Yeah. And um, towards the end of the day, you had the consolation the championship and the championship on the same field, which yeah. typically it was just the championship, uh, the winner's bracket on one field at the end of the day. And so everything on uh, on Saturday was done by two, which is wild because usually the game's not kicking off till three, and the game kicked off at one. So by that time, you know, you're interviewing the, the champions, you're, you're talking mm-hmm. to the players, and you're out of there. It it was very, it was, very efficient, it, and the time I couldn't uh, credit the, the guys enough for that. How making such a drastic change like that, that still went as smoothly as it did. So there were two big changes this year, and yeah. one of them was the, the timing element of 15-minute uh, halves and basically one to two minutes at halftime. We're not taking this long halftime right. you know, or anything like that. The other thing, and this is a small thing, but it made a huge difference, is in previous years, there was basically one clock. Okay, yeah, and yeah, every yeah, field point. operated on one clock. Okay, and that like, they, and, and that, that would go for injuries too. Because yeah. every time an injury would have, like you're on field twelve, injury happens on field three. You know, literally a half mile down the down yeah. the park, and the whole the whole event stopped. I so, thought that was wild when right. you told me that. It was. Yeah, yeah, that's how and, that's how it used to be. And there would be like literally like an air horn. There'd be right. like an mm, like to start and stop, stop the halves, yeah. like mm-hmm. the timing. And instead, they said, all right. Each field is going to keep their own time. And and remember, when, I'm, when I say field, that means two different games going on. There's mm-hmm. a north-south north field, a south field. And a field. south field, yeah. Yeah, for, for each one. So if there was an overtime game, it only impacted one other game or, you know, two other games couldn't start on time. Mm-hmm. As opposed to everything else. And those other t- – it would be like the kind of thing that – because there was one on the final day on Saturday that – I think it was Harlingen South, South and El Paso and, Coronado. Yep. They went five overtimes. Yeah. The first game, the 8 a.m. game. And in, in past years, that would put the whole tournament 25, 30 minutes behind, and then it would just kind of snowball from there. Mm-hmm. Instead, that one field just caught up. As time went on, they were able to shave off a minute here, shave off a minute here. And then eventually, they were right back on time. Mm-hmm. And that was so important as far as an efficiency perspective is concerned. And talk, talking around a little bit, um, one of the changes, I mean, again, and again, these guys, you know, a lot of the, the coaches that run this, they're open to changing it more. So they were gauging what people were thinking, things like that. And one of the things I heard pretty commonly, um, uh, I think it's something we'll probably see implemented next year, was I think they said they would maybe shave off because during the D3 and D2 championship brackets, there was, I think, during the, between the quarters and the semis, semis I think there yeah. was like a 20-minute break. And they said, maybe we'll shave five minutes off of that and move that from the first round to the second. second because round. because first, second, first, second, and quarters, I want to say, mm-hmm. are pretty much like back-to-back-to-back. To back to back. Like you, you have like... You have some time to move your stuff, but you're starting right away. And then from the quarters to the semis, there's this big gap. So what I, what I think will be done next year is they might take... To five to ten minutes off of that break and move it in between, so you're not doing back to back to back. Right. Games. Because those quarter games, I mean, there were some teams that looked pretty pretty drained. They were yeah. They were, towards the end, it was getting to a real big battle of fatigue. There. Yeah, exactly. It ended up being a like like you wanted it to be who is the best team out here, sure. not who can 
Yeah. Who can cramp and less? Yeah. You know? say, and it's it's hot. So those athletes yeah. are when they're doing that. The other thing, just from a seven on seven rookie perspective, that I never really thought about was I loved having the pool play where everyone's you get to mm-hmm. go around and see literally any team that you want, mm-hmm. and then that next day with the championship or consolation bracket, those are one and done games. Yeah. So yeah. the the vibes, if we're doing a vibe check <laughs> here, the vibes in the fans on those elimination games starting at eight a.m. Like it was. Mm-hmm crazy to see people so hyped but it's because if you lose that 8 a.m game you don't have another you chance just getting the getting the that home. was yeah. awesome and made the whole full day that we were out there go by like that because everyone was so amped and if you if you missed it then the the three champions in division three east bernard uh was division was a champion and we'll talk more about this tomorrow but mm. i mean that is an example of like the most dominant team just through, carrying like through. all they the way were, through they were surprising because again they're a slot t team i know uh-huh. right like they're they're a team that that runs the ball and i talked to uh, Dallas Novick about that, the quarterback. And, you know, I looked it up. Last year he threw under 80 passes yeah. on the season, and they go out and win and dominate seven-on-seven. Seven. Like, well, and it, awesome. it tells you two things. One, about their defense, sure. which that's going to that's gonna translate, you know, apple to apples more or less. Mm-hmm. The other thing, you know, unless their front seven is terrible, which I have a hard time believing East Bernard's front seven is going to be terrible. Didn't look like The it. other thing is, and, and this is an important thing to always take in, is, is the context, right? The context is um, you got teams, for example, Watching Cypher. Cypher mm-hmm. is a team that runs the ball a lot. Yeah. If they're able to go out there and throw the ball, then you go, okay. Something interesting. For example, another perfect example is Wascom. Wascom's yeah. a team oh, that man, runs yeah. the ball exceptionally well, mm-hmm. but all of us watched that sophomore quarterback, Cole Hudson, Cole, Cole, uh, Watson. Cole Watson. Cole Watson. Cole Watson, Watson yeah. that sophomore quarterback, and came away and like, this dude's a playmaker. Mm-hmm. Yes. And when you add that context into the fact that they're always going to be able to run the ball, that's what right. they want to do. If they're adding this passing element, they're going to be especially dangerous. Mm-hmm. So East Bernard wins in Division Three, Division Two. Kaufman wins. They beat um, Argyle. They beat Argyle uh, their district rival in the uh, in the championship game. That game got a little not the game didn't, but the there was some atmosphere. there was some there was some atmosphere. There was some <laughs> there was some chippiness in yeah. the, among the fans. There was some tension. Exactly. Added there, a little humidity. <laughs> we were taking some it was it was serious and and that's part of the uh i think you know the rivalry part of it is that you had these two teams that know each other really well you know plain and simple argyle took it to kaufman last mm-hmm. year in 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 11 man and and they were kaufman i think came in chip on their shoulder wants to come in and, and prove that they could hang and they had already beaten district rival melissa on the way to the title game uh, they end up winning the... Which the, was another team that looked ridiculous. Exactly, good. right. <laughs> and speaking of rivalries, we did get to see uh, Lake Travis and Westlake finally. Yeah, mm-hmm. because we missed out on it last year. We did. We missed out, but they played in a quarterfinal. And uh, Lake Travis... Uh, Westlake had looked dominant. Kate Klubnick had looked razor sharp. And Lake Travis came in again, kind of chip on their shoulder and I played very, very well. I think they got up their head long. a little bit. Made it to the state championship game. Lake Travis did. Uh, ended up falling to Hebron. Hebron, mm-hmm. the uh, the division or the Division One champions. They were... That was a... Fantastic game. Who was that the receiver awesome. for Hebron that basically Number had like a 11. breakout tournament? I can't remember. Uh, his name. There was Patrick Young was one of them. He's the really long. Kobe Baldwin is the guy. I'm uh, of. Uh, or you think Coda Bridges? Yeah. Coda Bridges was fantastic. Number eleven was Patrick fantastic. Young was fantastic, and then their quarterback uh, Buniff, Jacob Buniff. Mm-hmm. All three he of them were fantastic. Sharp. 
They yeah, looked, it was Col- Kobe Baldwin was number eleven. Yeah. Okay. He, okay. Had, he had a break. He had no. Uh, I think Nick Harris tweeted he had no offers coming uh, right now. That's going to change because he was the best player probably in that D one. Oh, six, six, they had they had bracket. one forty five yarder that was literally the first play, just a dime to. They him, were. It was unbelievable. It was impressive to watch. And Hebron wins their first ever seven on seven championship. Um, but you know the I'll I'll just close it out with this that this felt like. It was the first time on the football, the first major event on the football calendar, the first big event on the football calendar Mm -hmm. that got back to normal. Mm -hmm. And that was, I think, the overwhelming (laughs) feeling from everybody. It's like, man, it's just good to be back here. You're talking with everybody, right, Mm -hmm. who are just so thrilled to be out here. And all the coaching interviews we did, which I think are all up on YouTube now, uh, we'll be playing them over the next couple of weeks. All, to a man, every coach we talked to is like, man, this is just great to have our guys out here. We missed this. We missed having these reps. You know, we missed just having this camaraderie. You know, look, and I think even in the media, like us, like we just missed kind of breaking each other's balls. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> like we missed like that camaraderie of just giving each other trouble. And, and, and you know, we would go and after um, after each day, yeah. we would all go, meet down in the lobby of our hotel. Which is work. Mm-hmm. Have, a, have a couple cold ones and, you know, Eat. had had the yeah. Suns game on and just sitting there. We were eating. <laughs> we were working. Just, you know, just talking with each other. And, and that, to me, you know, the, the, the fun parts of this job, yes, of course. Do I love going to games on Fridays? Yes. And do I love doing the, the Bally Sports Southwest stuff? For sure. Yeah. But, like, a lot of it is, like, a lot of the best parts of this job is just, like, hanging out with the Dave Campbell's crew and mm-hmm. hanging out with the media, the leering press, mm-hmm. and just, you know, hanging out with each other. You know, we got to see Gabe Brooks yeah. from 24-7, Mike, Mike Roach, Roach our guy, our buddy Guy Frazier, Nick Sur- Harris. Surprise showing from uh, Sam Kahn and now at the Athletic. Yeah, yeah Sam Kahn showed up. Awesome. Tim Verghese and, and, mm-hmm. and all those guys. Like, it's just good to see, you know, we mentioned Tony Blaylock and Ant. We got to see those guys. Yeah, and, all of our guys down at Texas yeah. Live that we were able to hang yeah, out with. Yeah, and just hanging out and seeing guys. Guys. You know, mm-hmm. seeing people we haven't been able to see in a long time. And so it was just it was just good. I think overall, like even if you came out there and you went 0 and 4, right? And you mm-hmm. were just bounced. I think everybody went out there was like, man, this sure beats you sit at home and wonder if we're gonna play football in the fall. That's Absolutely. that was the overall like attitude I felt basically talking to everybody out there. Yeah. And I think too, uh, real fast, because we said that we were gonna mention it, but the the shower Oh, when yeah. you Because we oh. would literally, we would leave the complex, go up, shower, and then we would come down and eat and do the instant reaction video. And, yeah. like, Mallory and I both came down, no makeup, full wet hair, and it was, like, the most relieving thing ever. It was. It was an elite shower. <laughs> those showers were, those were a gift from God at an, that point. <laughs> an elite, an elite shower. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun. A lot of fun out there. We were sweaty, and we were hot, and we were miserable but it was a at times. Time. But, like, it was the best kind of miserable, mm-hmm. you know. And and thanks to all the coaches who stopped by and, and did interviews with us and, and just shot the breeze with us. A lot of fun um, seeing those guys and, 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 yeah. They were selling magazines, too, and it was really cool to hear some of the fans' stories about yeah. magazines and stuff like that. So thanks for everyone for sure. who stopped by our booth. Yeah, we had a booth, and we had towels and magazines and stuff. But we, we sold out of magazines again. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just like we bring them down there, and people – want to buy them and i guess that's weird if you want that many if you're kind of into that kind of thing i guess yeah. although if you're at seven on seven like that's kind of the you target. are definitely that, into those that. are the target nerds that's true that's, that's uh that's our target, target demo. Nerds. that's our target demo so we appreciate that and then tomorrow 
uh, it'll be uh, Matt Stepp will be sitting in this chair, and we'll talk a little bit more about like the individual playmakers and the teams that we saw that impressed us at each level and stuff. So we'll have more coverage of what we saw, and then I bet on Wednesday we'll talk a lot about uh, what Greg Powers, our recruiting analyst, saw. So mm-hmm. uh, still wrapping up the State Summit on Seven tournament, but it was a great time down there. And of course, uh, we. Uh, by the way, thanks to our buddies at, at Texan Live. Um, who broadcast uh, the, the games? Mm-hmm. Uh, they were the reaction was very very positive. Uh, you know the, the, the guys, you know Trevor and Gavin and Jesse and, and those guys. Cool hang out with those guys too, um, and just a lot of fun. Just a lot of fun down it there was. in College Station. And uh, if you have the means next year, um, make it down there, even if just for a day. Uh, yeah. Go down there and, and check it out. Um, it's it's worth your time if you're a Texas high school football nerd. Uh, it's your first time to you know get gets that itch going. As Steph was saying, it's the chips and salsa to the uh, to to uh, to the fall enchiladas. You know yeah. what I mean? Just a little bit of a preview. So let's go over to Ashley Pickle from America's second favorite segment. Final thoughts. This is a question that got brought up in the pre-show, and since we have both of you here, I feel like it's a good time mm. to ask. You no. talked mm-hmm. about having Thanksgiving in June, which you did yesterday. Greg's giving innovator. Jacob John brought we'll up work the fact on that name a little bit, but <laughs> I need to workshop June's it. Giving. Uh, Jacob John brought up the fact: Is Thanksgiving food better with a bunch of people, or does it taste like does it taste worse on your own? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think it does. And I, that's super interesting because I feel like most all of us really got that stretch last year. Of if you were able to celebrate Thanksgiving, you really only did it with your immediate family who really lives with well, you. Well, and here's the thing: I think there's something to as we're just talking straight vibes here today um there's something to the idea of like with the potluck Mm -hmm. of like somebody else made this and it's not just all when you cook for yourself it's like it can be good you're critical of it too like oh well this could have been better if someone else makes it you're like no like somebody else made the mashed potatoes somebody else made the the stuffing and it's like okay this is great. Like, it's made with love. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's made with, you know, we're all pitching in and doing this together. It's a communal aspect. And I think that helps mm-hmm. to make it taste better. Does it Does it actually taste better, like, in a blind no. taste test? No. Mm-hmm. But, like, when you when you add in the context, mm-hmm. just just makes it better. Yeah. Okay. Because I, I asked you about the, does the weather play a factor? Yeah. Because and, I asked you, like, you know, part of the part of the enjoyment of Thanksgiving well, is that it's cold outside. It's a lot of warm. Yeah. yeah. And, like, and, home, and homely foods. It was different. It I'll tell you, it, it hit different, mm-hmm. but still hit. It still hit. You know what I mean? Like, Fair it was enough, still right? like, you know, the, the, the community aspect of it made it better. And, yeah. and the fact that you were able to, you know, it is a heavy meal during, mm-hmm. during the summer. Right. Which can be tough. But I also think, A, we were... We had air conditioning, but B, uh, you know, B, it was just, I think everybody was just so happy to be together. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of made up for any sort of like heaviness to the meal. I also feel like the, not even taste wise, but maybe it's different at y'all's. It's probably the same, but like when you're in the kitchen serving up your plate, the loudness and the people waiting in line, Mm. that even adds up to it. Yeah. It's a whole, it's a whole, it's a whole scene. You got to make the scene. And the Thanksgiving scene yesterday uh, was awesome. So Great just can't stress just can't stress us enough. Whatever your next party is, just make it a Thanksgiving thing. It'll be a good party. <laughs> I promise. <laughs> All right, that's gonna do it for us. Thanks for spending a little bit of your day with us. Matt Sepp will be here tomorrow for a seven on seven breakdown. Uh, follow us on Twitter at DCTF. Like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Dave Campbell's. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com/slash Dave Campbell's, and of course, see us at TexasFootball.com. For Ashley Pickle and Ishmael Johnson, I'm Greg Tepper. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We will see you tomorrow on Texas Football Today. Mm-hmm.